The following programming is sponsored by Six Feet Over Under Productions. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. This is Dan Baker, public address voice of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you're listening to The Heart of Sports with Jeff Cohen and Jason Springer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC A25, with the introduction from Dan Baker today. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, a part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. So before you ask my, the ridiculous question you ask every week during the fall and winter, uh-huh. how cool, when he recorded that, you were like beaming. I was giddy. Like, like he is the voice I may of, have of, a, of a half century of Philly fans when you walk into that stadium. And we're going to have him back in his 50th year later in the show. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to him again. And I may have played it a lot of times on my phone and for other people. And, <laughs> and they looked at me and they're, like, your what you, they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you don't understand. Dan Baker said my name. <laughs> like, that's really... And so, yeah, they, they got a kick out of that. Look, we're sitting... I mean, you were so close to making the majors, too. Yeah, no, not... Right. Not, I'm not you close had to him. making the majors at anything. I mean, remember life. when we had Greg Dobbs on and like he was even he was beaming when he talked about Dan Not Baker just, just Dan and his his announcing his name and what it meant to him. Yeah, and look, we sit here in studio. I have a bunch of rally towels next to me that you nicely brought for my kids to have. They will love. You can now dry your car. Union games mm-hmm. and Phillies games this week. We will get to, did you watch Thursday Night Football in a second? We'll get to the specifics of what's going on in the World Series, the MLS mm-hmm. Cup coming up, the Sixers, the NBA, lots to talk about. Tell me about this week with your son, and you watching the games, you were in person for a bunch, you watched on TV. Tell me about this experience and this time for you. Well, the first was the Union. And in the Union Unexpected. Game, unexpected. We weren't planning on going. <laughs> we decided at 6.45 that we were going to go down for an 8 o'clock game. Your phone call was the best. I have tickets. Do you think I'll get parking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you'll find parking. No, well, you know, that, the Though one, I heard parking was challenging. That is the, well, you've been down there, yeah. you know. I don't get that place. Like, <laughs> they, it's not it's not 70,000 people, and somehow they cannot figure out the traffic. Yeah, it gets confusing. But that's the only negative about it. The yeah. stadium is great. The fans are great. The team is obviously great. We have talked to, you realize we have talked to almost every member of that team. Yeah, it's been fun. And, I mean, Coach Curtin is always fun when he talks to us because he remembers when we were interviewing them many years ago when mm-hmm. they weren't having the success that they are. And, you know, the team appreciates the people who have looked out for them along the way. And it's it's fun to be able to watch that team now get to play tomorrow for the MLS Cup. Well, that's it. And, and we appreciate the way that they've built this team. I mean, yeah. you, can't, you could not make a better blueprint for how to build an organization and build a champion. And, and it's not just a blueprint because you also have to hit on all the players. Like, you don't know whether or not you're going to get what you need. Carranza is, like, the perfect example. Yeah. Nobody knew, well, none of us knew that Carranza was going to come Tanner over. Ernst Tanner did. Well, that's the thing. Their Ernst Tanner manager. is the MVP of this team. Yeah. He has made, he has hit all the right buttons. He has gotten the right veterans to stay. He's gotten the right people that he's gotten from Europe. And from and from South America, he's gotten the right kids from their youth organization, their development program. He's got the right coach. By the way, their union—he's got everything right. Their union two team has also been like flying through the playoffs as well. So it's not just they've got the reinforcements coming. They've built this academy right. 
the right way. Mm-hmm. Tell me about being in the stadium because we've been there. I wasn't able to get there last weekend. We've been there the last couple of years. We were there when they beat the Red Bulls and the stadium was crazy. Mm-hmm. We were there when they lost last year to NYCFC and that was when the half heartbreaking. Team was out with COVID. That was absolutely heartbreaking right. to be in the building for that. What was it like? Because I, I wonder whether the fact that they won and got the monkey off their back has them playing looser tomorrow. I don't know. I, I, I think the dynamic changed when they made the substitutions. Corey a, 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 Ali Bedoya obviously is the heart and soul of that team. He's the veteran from that team. But you kept texting me. You know, there's only so much you can see when you're there live. I can't see him wincing. Yeah, you could see seat. from about the thirty minutes, thirty minute on, that uh, he he was struggling. Yeah, and, and he was he, in pain. And the, the question was, would they make a substitution early and and waste a substitution window? You only get so many in a game, or would he be able to get to half? And they were able to get him to half, make the substitution, put McGlynn in for him, and then eventually put Corey Burke in, and that really kind of got well. That's it. And, and so they once they once once NYCFC scored that first goal. The, the deflated stadium kind of happened. Yeah, was that like a, a it, true Philly crowd at that point, like seats puckered? And- uh, well, I mean, in soccer, it's a bigger deal. I mean, one goal is a lot in soccer. So you, you did see one, the deflated. One, one run is a lot in the World Series. Well, one days, hit is so. a lot these days. But, <laughs> but the Suns of Ben didn't sit down. It's not like that section of the stadium was going to allow the rest of the stadium to just sit down and mope. And it wasn't very long after that when the Union came back and scored one and then a second goal. Within like two minutes. Yeah, and it seems that Corey Burke was the catalyst to that. Well, the the first goal was Burke making a run. The second goal was just Corey Burke driving through everybody and then getting the ball back and and drilling it into the back of the net. But So my question to you is at that point is do – do they risk, because Ali Bedoya is the captain, do they risk putting him in? Because you can't get well, he, behind. To These are the two These are the two best teams he didn't in MLS. Come in, Burke didn't come in for Bedoya. Mm-hmm. Um, McGlynn came in for Bedoya. No, that's not my question. And, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if McGlynn actually starts the game. Because, you know, as much as Ali Bedoya is the captain, mm-hmm. I don't know physically how much you can recover in a week from how the difficulty that he was having. Like, I don't know if you saw after the game, even climbing up the steps with the trophy looked painful for him. And so I don't know how much he'll be able to necessarily go or mm-hmm. play on, on Saturday. So, you know, Corey Burke will still come in as a substitute. Just depends when they bring him in and how the flow of the game's going. But look, I mean, LAFC plays well at home. I, I'd have felt more comfortable if the Union were playing at home, but the Union aren't afraid to play on the road. They're not afraid to play at LAFC. They had a 2-2 draw earlier this season. Mm-hmm. They're going in confident. and I mean, it's been since 2003 that they've had a, a number one seed versus a number one seed matchup in the MLS Cup Finals. The teams are about as evenly matched as you can get. The LAFC put up 66 goals and gave up 38. The Union scored 72 and gave up 26. So here's my, here's my next question. How many of the Sons of Ben are going to be there? I think a lot. I think a lot of people are going to go out there because... Okay, you may get out there. How are you going to get to the stadium? <laughs> uh, you're There's gonna, no You're going to take a bus from yeah. Dodger Stadium, apparently. There so is no This has parking. you totally baffled that it is a major sport, MLS yeah. Cup final. Right. 
and they will not be able to park near the stadium Nobody. because USC has a football game that Correct. day. So do you know what they are doing to take people to the soccer stadium tomorrow? Go for it. They're having them park at Dodger Stadium mm-hmm. and giving them bus rides over. And, and how far Because given that? the traffic in L.A., mm-hmm. that will definitely work out fantastic going so, back so what and forth. So t- what time does this game start? Uh, four. Okay, people so, should so. arrive by the time it ends. Like, I, if, I, if I were you, I would try to get there at, like, 9 o'clock in the if morning. If you were me, you would not be going there because there's no way I'm going to go sit in that traffic. And I'm not getting on a bus and sitting there for three hours to go to a soccer game. Or anything. No, that's not true. You would totally what? do it for a Michigan game. No, I would not. Oh, you've, you've no, done a bunch of crazy there, stuff for there Michigan. There is no way that I'm taking a shuttle for... To, to, Whatever. You're it, driving up to Rutgers tomorrow night to watch them beat the stuffing out of them. You yeah. will do stuff Wait for a Michigan. Second. You, th- you think going up to Rutgers that I'm going to have to sit in three hours of traffic? No. In fact, Seriously? In fact, I told you last week. So my wife and I went up like two weeks ago. The yeah. week they played Indiana. Not to a football game. No, but you we had to, to we had to go up north of that, and there was traffic on the turnpike. And I kept saying on the GPS that the best way to go was past the stadium on Route 18. Uh-huh. And I kept saying to her, I'm like, there is no way the best way to go during the game is past the stadium. Right. The best way to go is past the stadium. <laughs> it was the least amount of traffic. I was shocked. How sad is that? <laughs> Look, I've been a Rutgers fan for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I've had much fewer seasons of of excitement and bull wins than I have had uh, disappointment and not being in it. So well, I am looking forward to uh, Gavin Wimsett starting tomorrow and getting lots of score updates from you. Who? He's the uh, the freshman quarterback who got the NIL license that came from, Tex- from Texas who committed there, who they haven't had to play very much. So I should be nervous? No. Oh, okay. It's still Rutgers. <laughs> You're Michigan, so you shouldn't be nervous at it's all. It's not going to be a 77-point... I, I don't... Drubbing? Well, I heard that Michigan would like to top that point total. Oh, you did? Yes. I don't know what Rutgers has... Why? Why? I don't Harbaugh know. Is, he's just, not going to do just that. Just so that you can make he my... He does lots of weird just things. Just so you That's can make my phone battery die. <laughs> no, nope, I'm going to behave... I, will, I, I assure you on the year that I will behave myself. I think it's funny that you're saying you're going to behave yourself because yeah. that implies that the last time... Ruck, uh, Rutgers lost to Michigan. You did not when you blew up my phone. No, it doesn't imply it. I know. I, I know exactly what I did. Yeah, so it was completely inappropriate. It was. It was a very festive atmosphere. I'm sure for you. I found no festivities there. No, to, tomorrow the weather will be good. I'm. You know what? I'm even going to sit with a Rutgers grad. How's that? <laughs> Lucky that. Yes. I'm sure they're <laughs> thrilled by that development. They're probably going, Surrounded by they're Michigan probably going, guys. Excuse me. Anybody want to chase seats? <laughs> well, right, most people who sit with me do let's that. stick to football. I got to ask, if you watched last night, did you watch the Eagles stay undefeated for what, the first what time What day of the week history? was it? I know it's Thursday, but it yeah. is. there. We do a radio show yes. in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And it is the night before we are on the air. So there was I thought, a World Series game I thought on. maybe since it's relevant, you might slightly pay okay, attention so to you, it. Okay, here, so here are your choices. I, I could be wrong, apparently. Yeah, but I, well, you are wrong. Yeah, but here are your choices. I, I could sit, my choices were yes. I could sit there and I could watch the World Series game when the World Series is tied 2-2. Two to two, Yes. Or I could watch the Eagles versus the Texans. Why was it an either-or? 
You can't concentrate Be, on two because, things? Because because technology has regressed to the point that you no longer have picture-in-picture. Where in picture. is picture-in-picture picture for games like no this? I have no idea. I don't know what the technological problem is. Well, no, no, actually what is. it is is we I know haven't there's spent not enough tuners. money on TVs that, for the ones where you can like put all different No, I actually had this it. conversation the other day. It may be completely wrong. Somebody may be screwing with my head. But, but you I know complained that, about this. So and you they know said, that you have an iPad. And you could have not, watched one I'm of them not on keeping multiple screens open. Oh, they... the horror! You have one team that's playing that's undefeated, and the other one in the World Series. Yes, let's definitely not watch both of those games. I didn't. I uh, so see. apparently I was so right you're in my completely own mind. unprepared for a conversation about how the Eagles no, did last I, night. <laughs> I watched. I watched the lowlights. <laughs> I read the statistics. They won 29-17. What do you mean low light? They played the Texans. Who cares? They won the game. The Texans who wore those ugly, look like they you didn't like candy. the red helmets. They're like they look like they had candy apples on their heads. God, you are the crankiest person in the world. Okay, so let's go over what you don't like in today's yeah. show. You don't like the helmets. Before the show, not the Eagles helmets. I was talking about before the, the show. You told me you don't like rally towels. So I come on, Grandpa which, Simpson. Which I just gave tell you me three why of them. you don't like rally towels at the game. And it's apparently people not because you can't clap with a towel in your hand. It's totally <laughs> selfish for Jeff. Tell us why you don't like rally it towels. Is. It's because I'm so tall, I constantly get hit in the face. With now, me. as a short person, <laughs> I never have that problem. I was unaware that you are anti rally towel. I, it, I am constantly getting whacked. The, in the anything face else you are not fun and about? I, and I, and I, mean, I, can't, I know it's a long list. And I can't but... say. I mean, what? So what's the proper etiquette at that point? Like, I'm not going to tell somebody, please don't have fun. Kneel down so they don't hit you. Come on, man. It's not their fault. You're tall. <laughs> Kneel down. <laughs> Come on. All right. So there weren't rally towels at the Eagles game, but they did play well. Uh, they were there. Are, a lot of Eagles fans there. Yes. Okay. And it was actually fun. After the game on NFL Network, they were interviewing uh, Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts, and all the fans that were still there were, like, by the desk. And so they sang Fly, Eagles, Fly with the fans and Kelsey and Hurts all together. So mm -hmm. it was entertaining. But, look, I mean, you go in on the road. They, they've been up by 10-plus points in every game this season. The, Jalen Hurts finished with 243 yards, 21-27. He's thrown at least two touchdown passes in three straight games. He's had eight passing touchdowns and no rushing touchdowns in the last two, three games. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else you can ask for from a quarterback. He almost had that one fumble. Um, Jordan Maialata did not have a good night, and uh, he almost got Jalen Hurts killed from the backside one time. Right. Man just fell very heavy on him. Uh, but from the offensive side, you have to like what you see with this team. Jalen, is there anybody who else is in the running for MVP of the league right now? Oh, there's, I mean, you'll who? have people, you'll have the Pat oh, Mahomes. I, I know. And the, Other than Mahomes. And Josh Allen. Okay. And like those names will be NFC. there. NFC. Who, who's that? Not N many. Who? Okay. So who right now is the NFC offensive player of the year? Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts right Hurts now. I mean, yeah. Kirk Cousins would have to probably be the second oh, one. No. Right? I mean, Minnesota I has the second best know, record. Dak hasn't been there. So if you're looking yeah. at just NFC quarterbacks, it's not Jimmy Garoppolo out there with San Francisco. Right. So, you know, who are some of the quarterback options? You know, Atlanta's changed quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So by default, it's him. But he's also played extremely well, given the concerns people had coming into the season. And more importantly, he's protected the ball. Howie well, Roseman made the right decision in keeping Jalen Hurts and building around him. And now it's the same thing that the Dolphins are doing. Like, like the the model for success nowadays seems to be to get a quarterback in the draft and build around him while he's on his first contract. 
because you can spend more money that way. Yeah. And, and the Eagles are doing it. The Kansas City Chiefs did it, right? And then the Bills are doing it. But now you're and seeing that, them and, deal with the ramifications of the big contract for the quarterback okay. and trying to change that dynamic around and how hard that is. Yes. So but you're the, right. But in the meantime, the way to build it in the beginning is not to spend the 20 or $30 million that you're on the quarterback to begin with and then build around it and also see whether it's the, he's the right quarterback. The Eagles took a chance and said, you know what? Hurts is the right quarterback in the right system with the right complementary players around him. It's working. Look what's going on in, in, in Miami, as much as I hate talking about Miami, and, and I hate the fact of what the Dolphins have done and the way they've handled Tua. Look what's happening. Tua, under the last regime, was not doing that well, and there were talks about whether he was a mistake. And now look at him under the current system with the complementary players they put around him. And one of the things that seems to be – the answer to what looked like a mediocre quarterback is to get him a star receiver. Well, and you look at the star receivers and the weapons here. Last night, A.J. Brown, 59 yards and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard had 100 yards. And, yeah, and but who's had... not getting a lot of targets? Devontae Smith. Right. Isn't getting... And how long is that going to last? Well, uh, look, I don't know. I mean, this is an ego business. He's and... not complaining yet. But, no. But how long does that, how long before, I mean, he's supposed to be the deep threat. Well, and I wonder his previous relationship with Hertz, I wonder if they get a little more grace period because they know each other. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. And I don't know the personality of Devontae Smith, but generally receivers would like you to spread the ball around more. And last night they were clearly trying to run the ball. They had 143 yards rushing with Miles Sanders putting up 93 and a touchdown, who, look, he had no touchdowns last year. He's up to, what, six touchdowns this year already? Here, here's my prediction. What The Eagles are holding back, and which is hard to believe. And I think that the Eagles are holding back. They're letting Hurts grow. And the second half of the season, towards the playoffs, he's going to start airing it out. They're definitely night. holding back on tackling. Okay. I mean, they're winning the turnover battle. Right. They're they're playing well on on defense at times, but mm -hmm. they were gashed for lots of after contact yards last night by a rookie by a back. rookie running yeah. back who who in a candy has had a great helmet. season. Mm -hmm. But you kind of need to plug some of that holes. You got through it because it's the Texans this week. You know what? Give, give it's the helmet. They still have no you return. Can't pay game. attention. Any time that you kick the ball into the end zone against this team, you yeah. miss out an opportunity for them to try and figure out how to return it. Because Britton Covey hasn't figured it out yet. Mm -hmm. uh, he just, that, I've been telling you that's, that. That's going to be your big complaint? You've you've asked me all season. You got on me in the preseason when I said, this is good, this is good, but I'm worried about this. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it before with the Eagles where their kicking game was a weakness. And okay, so well, he's we'll not see what dropping, happens. He's not dropping the ball. No, right? He's okay. not, well, and that's important. so. That's an improvement. They lost Jordan <laughs> Davis for. Do you at want least... do you want Jalen Rager back? No. No well, by the way, how's he doing? Nah, he's not going to get us an updated, upgraded draft. Pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think that's mm -hmm. going to happen. Uh, Saints watch. They won last week. Not good for the Eagles. Oh. But Michael Thomas is out for the season. He is. So, you know, look, I keep telling you this, and I know you hate me saying this, but for all the success they're having this year, they have two first-round picks next year. Yeah. And if the quarterback problem— and Why are you paying attention to this now? Because you build organizations why in Why not just enjoy this? 
Don't worry about the draft. How long have we been doing a radio I show know, together? I know, but don't worry about the draft. Do I ever just focus on what's right in front You're of me? You're not the general manager. You don't have you can you have the luxury of just sitting back no, and I, enjoying your team and wearing your 30-year-old t-shirts and all of that good no, stuff. No, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so I'm clearly <laughs> oh, prepared to talk okay, about Okay, Howie Jr. All right, before we move to other controversies in the NBA and what's mm-hmm. going on with the Sixers, uh, the Commanders are apparently under investigation from the U.S. Attorney's Office for their financial <laughs> conduct. And Shocker. Daniel Snyder has apparently approached a bank about selling the team. Mm-hmm. I told you I'm torn. Well, nobody knows what he's approached the bank about. It could be that he's looking for another. They they said a minority owner, but I don't know if Dan Snyder could work with anybody that would be a minority owner. I don't know in if either context accomplishes frankly, what the NFL is looking right. to do. They yeah. want Daniel Snyder gone. Exactly. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but that is an open sore for the well, NFL right now. Keep in mind, Daniel Snyder for years said that he was never going to change the name of the team. He changed the name of the team. He said he was never going to sell the team. Maybe Look, you're never going to do anything until you do it. <laughs> it, just, it always happens that way. I, I don't why would, I'm not going to do it. If you're, I mean, we all thank goodness we're not him, at least his soul. Like, wh- why would you want to keep the team at this point? You can get $4 billion to some ridiculous amount of money at this point. And if you keep the team, you're not getting a new stadium. Isn't it your all, team stinks? Isn't it like, all what's ego the point? at this point? But what? How are you feeding your ego if your team constantly stinks and everybody's investigating you all the time? You know, regularly there are people who crave titles that have no responsibility just to have the title. So tell them to go buy a soccer team. Or it go seems buy, like they're trying to, and he's not I getting got an idea. Hand. There's a pickleball teams that are available. He You're can buy one of those. very upset that everybody is investing in pickleball. No, I'm not upset. You can go spend the money. You just don't see the financial model. I think pickleball is a blast out. to play. I don't get it, that anybody is going to turn on ESPN and watch it. Okay, something they do turn on and watch is basketball. They Ooh, won't look see, at that transition. They won't <laughs> see James Harden on the court for the next month with his injury. So before we get to the rest of the and NBA, that's going to linger the rest of the year. Right? I, that was it's James Harden. It's so now we're going to hear that he got out of shape and his right. hamstring, and, mm-hmm. and and so here we go. It's going to be a long mm-hmm. yeah. So what do you think the team's going to look like? And Bede hasn't been on the court non-COVID illness, but it, I think he's going to miss his third game. What is the non-COVID illness? I don't know. What he's does got that better mean? contacts than I what do. What does that mean? <laughs> I have no idea. He's sick and it's not COVID. Oh, apparently, he's got the sniffles. I. I I don't know, allergies, bad cold. I mean, this is a guy who started off the season in game one, the first home game looking completely disinterested. So now is And is, slightly out of shape. Yeah, so does the non-COVID illness now go away because Harden's not hogging the ball? Uh, we and now s- he goes, see, I actually think that the Sixers are, are going to, in the short term, will be better off. Without Harden on with the court. Maxi, Maxi will be a star now, yeah. and Bede will get his touches. Tobias will be the compliment. It all will work. People will play the roles they're supposed to play right. rather than standing around but it, and figuring out. But it's out. a reg. It'll be regular season success. It's not going to be success that carries over in, in that they're going to be able to beat the Celtics or they're going to be able to beat um, the the Bucks. They're not going to beat those teams with or without Harden the way it looks. No, you you wouldn't think that that's the right. Case. So so I think that I think that you're now. Gonna... I don't think the Nets will be a part of that equation right now. Of teams they have to beat. So <laughs> the most dysfunctional team in sports. Yeah, let's get to it that. It has to be. Let's let's leave the Sixers there. Let's let's get to the Nets 
for a little bit. Let, let's Did talk, you ever think Let's talk that, about the team that that has determined that anti-Semitism equals five games. See, I was going to say something funny and that I thought was entertaining. Oh, well, and then you went about right this. What, you were going to go to Ben Simmons? I was going to say, did you ever think that Ben Simmons would be the third or fourth big story of not playing basketball in Brooklyn? But yeah. that's what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You have a team where you have Kyrie Irving with mm-hmm. the anti-Semitism, which we'll get to in a minute. You have a team that fired Steve Nash that is bringing in a coach who is currently being suspended for sexual harassment for one year. You have a team that they're superstars. Well, he wasn't suspended for sexual harassment. Suspended for... He, he's dating, I think, the woman. Yeah, but isn't the, it still harassment it, because of the position? Well, nobody that, filed anything for harassment. Okay. He, the, the problem is, is you don't want to put your organization or any company in that position. So a person of authority should not be dating or making advances on people that they have authority over because it could lead to the impression that that's the case. So tell me what happened this week. It's been a week now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie Irving promoted a book uh, regarding anti-Semitism, a video, a uh, on his social media feed. This has been lingering for a week. Yeah, it's not promotion. He said so. Yeah, you have a problem with right, that. By Go the way, that was, w- that was with sarcasm. So I'm going to ask you. You're, you're the social media guy. That's what you do for your day job. Okay. What is social media? Because the last time I checked, it's to promote yourself or something else. That's so, the whole point. So it's it's interesting you ask that because there are a lot of times where Thank people you. have in their profile retweets are not an endorsement. And I just don't think that because you say that, that's true. If you're sharing something, you're offering it for your own reason. So if you offer an opinion about it, that's your opinion. Now, you could share something and say... This is completely awful. I completely disagree with it, and you're not embracing it. That's why not would, what happened. Why here. would you retweet something if you don't endorse it? Well, there are some people who are news aggregators, and so they do it. So, like, I want to be fair to this. What do you there, mean a news aggregator? There are people who who are reporters that share okay. news that that's gets not, covered. That's not a celebrity or an athlete. No. Right. A celebrity or athlete is on social media and has millions of followers because they influence people by the things they well, say and they post. I think that's what it is. I think they don't realize the responsibility they have with the oh, platform he does. that's there. See, see, I, see, that's, you think he doesn't care. I, I am so tired now of... of and not pro- just him. I think a lot of people don't realize yes. to the extent of... Right. But, but I am so tired of people making excuses for Kyrie. You can go through the history of Kyrie from the time he was with Cleveland having problems with LeBron to the problems that he had in Boston when he was there. The problems every step of the way, the problems with this the city of New York and not playing with the team last year, taking time off when he feels like taking time off and not have Kyrie never has to explain himself to anybody. Everybody else coddles him and explains for him. And then they all take the fall and Kyrie thinks that his one year of Duke education somehow made him smarter than everybody else. So he, if you parse, I'm not going to go through all of the words that he used, but even his apology was not an apology. And you can pick whichever one you want. I guarantee you he didn't write most of those. I mean, we will never know. I've written a lot of apologies yeah, like ex- that. Exactly. <laughs> but but those, were, those were non-apology apologies. That they were, if it was first, if I offended someone, which is never an apology, right? And then, and then there was, if you knew my history, I couldn't be an anti-Semite, which you all can look up and do research like he does and find out why that's not an apology. That's offensive as can be. Kyrie Irving 
thinks he's smart enough. He tweaks people all the time, and then he walks away. He lights the grenade. He pulls the pin on it. He walks away and leaves everybody else to clean it up. And the problem is, is that it, the Nets organization is the worst organization for him to be with for the rest of us. For Kyrie, it's perfect because they have coddled him. They have made excuses for him. They have let him get away with it. And it's not just him. Now you have Ben there that they can sit there, and you have Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant today had a chance to say, I don't think this is right. And what did he do? He didn't do it either. And then uh, now I'm hearing people apologize for Kevin Durant, which Kevin Durant's supposedly a good guy too. Kevin Durant uh, clarified afterwards. Yeah, well, you know what? People can go on and they can do their research like Kyrie does, and you can find out and you can make a decision on your own whether Kevin Durant has sent out messages on social media that were misogynistic. And we're homophobic. It gets to what Reggie Miller said. So ultimately, the NBA suspended him at least five games. Mm -hmm. It seemed like they were waiting for the Nets to do something. Right. The Nets weren't doing anything. In fact, they were cutting off the press conferences at six minutes so that he didn't step in it more and say something worse. Reggie Miller criticized the silence of the players, too. Right. He said, in years past, this league's been great because the players have led the way and have had strong voices. When Donald Sterling stepped in it, when Robert Server just recently stepped in it, our voices in the basketball community and our players were vocally strong and some type of discipline handed down or be gone. It's disappointing because the league has been built on shoulders of players and advocates. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And if you're going to call out the owners, and rightfully so, then you've got to call out the players well. You can't go silent in terms of this for Kyrie Irving. I want to hear the players and their strong opinions as well, just as we heard about Robert Server and Donald Sterling. He's 100% right. Where are the players? Supposedly, what I keep hearing is silence by players of their teammates is, is their way of showing that they don't support what they say. Silence has never solved a problem. Silence has never brought about justice. Silence has the, never has doesn't right a wrong, and that's what we have now. If if this happened in Cleveland, LeBron and was asked these questions point blank, I guarantee you he would have answered. And the challenge now is the overreactions that are coming only feed into the stereotype that was being promoted. Which over, overreactions but, by which side? By who? You have to talk to everybody to get them to change. You, like, I just think you that- should talk to everybody. But but Kyrie's not talking to people. Who did who did the Anti Defamation League supposedly meet with? His parents. Why? How because old? Ki- is, because how Kyrie old is, wasn't second. actually sorry. He was asked five uh, times for it. Forget whether he's sorry or not. How old is he? Old enough to have He's those meetings. He's in his meetings. late 20s? Yeah. Okay, and his mommy and his daddy had to meet with the Anti-Defamation well, I one, League? I think one of them is his agent, but I agree with you. Okay, then his mommy, his daddy, or his agent. He should have been there. He's an adult. If he believe, Whether he believes these things or not, he should be able to be adult enough to stand up for himself and go talk to people. And if he wants to say, I'm right and you're wrong, or I don't understand this, or these are my set of facts in my mind based on this bogus documentary, he can do that. But Kyrie never does that. He doesn't step forward and state what his position is and back it up and listen to the other side. We should all listen well, to each other. Well, that's the side. thing. It's, it's the empathy and understanding of the other side. All of his responses has have been about He's a victim. what he has done and how he hasn't done anything. And you said it right there. 
He wants to make himself the victim because people are responding to the action that he took. He said nobody they were told dehumanizing him, him was his first nobody response. Nobody told him to put that information out. And if you don't like the response when you put something out, you can make the decision not to distribute it. If you choose to put it out, I, I used to, Bill Maher had a new rule that I used to tell my political candidates when we'd start campaigns and then we'll head to the break. Anything you say can will be used against you in a Google search. If you tweet it, if you say it, if you post it, be prepared to defend it. He doesn't have and to be prepared. And if you can't defend it, then don't say it. And if he's he can't do that, he's not prepared to deal with it because he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. So he doesn't even have to listen to anybody else. Well, but he can put up. You know, what? I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't watch the whole thing. And and that might have been his his easiest out. But instead, all he's done is wait until to see what how much he can get away with and how little he can say. And the only reason anything came out of his mouth a week later was, suspended. Be was because Adam Silver put out his own statement and said, this is unacceptable, and I'm going to meet with him. And then I guarantee you Adam Silver was on the phone with Joe Sy and said, enough is enough. And Joe Sy suspended him for five games. What is five games for Kyrie Irving going to do when, you, when the league, rightfully, the Players Association and the league and sponsors all got together and said, Sarver's got to go. And said Sterling's got to go. And Reggie Miller's right to say, why are not those same people saying that what Kyrie Irving's doing and the hurt that he's causing, that it should be the same punishment? No, look, I, I completely agree with you. And it's not this is not over yet. Like, this will continue to, to go on. And well, in Kyrie's mind, it's over. Well, that's okay. He's yeah. entitled to think that. Mm -hmm. We'll see as he meets with the commissioner and, and everybody else going forward. Let's leave the seriousness of that topic there. Why don't we skip the break for a little bit and go right to some baseball talk with the World Series shifting back to Houston tomorrow night. What an honor it is to get Dan Baker on the show, Philly's public address announcer. Dan, thanks so much after a pretty busy few days for you over there. Yes, Jeff, it was really exciting. Uh, I think some terrific baseball. Unfortunately, the Astros took two of three in Philadelphia to take a 3-2 series lead with that 3-2 nail-biter last night in front of another sellout crowd at Citizens Bank Park. Talk about the crowds down there and what this atmosphere is like. This is your sixth World Series. The Phillies have only been in eight of them. What's this experience been like for you on your 50th season doing the Phillies? Well, it never gets old. I mean, my goodness, uh, to get to a world championship, I mean, uh, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Um, and uh, I, I've been lucky enough, as you mentioned, uh, to do a, a few, uh, beginning with 1980, 1983, 1993, 2008, 2009, and now 2022. And when you get this far, they're all exciting. And, uh, of course, you know, it still could go either way, uh, but... Uh, the Astros were big favorites heading into the 2022 Fall Classic, and I guess a lot of baseball purists think that probably think that uh, form is holding true. But uh, 
we'll see. The Phillies are very resilient. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they bounce back in some way down at Minute Maid Park in Houston. Dan, after almost or a half century of calling games in that stadium, game three, and you announcing the beginning of game three, the first home game of this series, do you recall there ever being a stadium that you were in that was louder than that game three? I I would say you're correct in that game three was deafening. It was really, really loud. Uh, but I've been lucky enough, Jeff, to uh, be at other uh, sports events in Philadelphia. You know, I announced the Eagles for 29 years also, and uh, the Army-Navy football game every year has been played in Philadelphia since the opening of Lincoln Financial Field. Um, now, the, the noise at the Army-Navy game, I wouldn't say. It, it's it's great, but it doesn't have the passion uh, of the, you know, a home World Series game in Philadelphia or a, a home Eagles NFC Championship game. Um but uh, game game three in the 2022 World Series, I would say, is probably the equal of some of the other World Series. I mean, in 1980, when the Phillies won their first ever World Series championship after 97 years, you know, the Phillies uh, franchise uh, started in 1883. And we went to the World Series. The only two World Series I didn't announce were 1915 and 1950, when I was four years old. Of course, the Whiz Kids with Robin Roberts and Richie Ashburn and company. You could have pulled 50. that off. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but uh, the noise in 80 was fantastic, as it was in 83 uh, when the Phillies played the Orioles. And, uh, of course, they they beat the Royals in 80 to win their first World Series. And then uh, in 93, when the Phillies played Toronto, and and uh, the Phillies were kind enough to take my wife and me to Toronto. Um, and we were there when Joe Carter hit, you know, one of the two most famous walk-offs in World Series history, Bill Mazeroski being the other in 1960 when the Pirates beat the Yankees. Um, And then, uh, of course, 2008 and 2009, I mean, once again, talk about a loud, passionate crowd. Uh, They just don't get any louder than some of those. I'll never forget when Jimmy Rollins hit the double off of Jonathan Broxton to bring the Phillies from behind in the National League Championship Series versus the Dodgers. Holy smokes. Uh, you know, that was something. And uh, uh, I remember uh, it wasn't at the ballpark, but uh, I was doing a promotion for Chickies and Pete's. It was my summer nights at the ballpark where I try to recreate the ballpark atmosphere uh, when the Phillies were away, when Matt Stairs hit that home run, uh, 
also of Jonathan Broxton, uh, deep into the night in L.A. Oh, my heavens. A jam-packed uh, Chickies and Pete's at 15th and Packer, and I was announcing that. Uh, boy, that was something. It, it's just great. I, I like how it kind of brings the city together. It allows us to all become positive. You know, in, in a time when it seems like our politics has become so divisive, uh, you know, there's there's violence in the city. And there's a lot of negativism. Uh, it's it's just wonderful to see something like Phillies baseball bring the city together again. It, it is, and and Dan, you're part of what brings the city together. When you announce those games, we talked to Greg Dobbs a, a little while back, and Greg he beams when he talks about you and what it was what it's like for the players to hear you announce their names what is it what is it like for you to have players talk about how how much it means to them when they recall your calls of of their names as they're coming out of the dugout and being announced well thank you for the kind words and of course greg dobbs along with greg gross uh, the two greatest pinch hitters in philly's history um, uh, Greg's a great guy, and uh, I'll never forget that Grand Slam home run of his up at uh, Shea Stadium in New York. Uh, you know when? Uh, oh, that back in uh, '08. Um, it, it it makes me very very proud to think that I could have a positive effect on some of the players and fans. Uh, I'm a Philadelphia sports fan myself, and uh, I root for all the Philadelphia teams, the Phillies, the Eagles, the Sixers, the Flyers. When I was growing up, uh, of course, our NBA team was the Philadelphia Warriors. And, you know, guys originally like Paul Arison and Neil Johnston in the early 50s and mid-50s, and Will Chamberlain came along, uh, you know, around 59, 60. Um, and uh, Guy Rogers from Temple, as well as Will from Overbrook High School in, in Kansas. And, uh, of course, I rooted for all of them. And I, I, I bring them up, Jeff, by way um, of uh, bringing in my admiration for Dave Zinkoff, uh, the great, great PA announcer for Temple, football and basketball at one time, the Harlem Globetrotters, and of course, and, and he also did Phillies baseball. In fact, uh, Dave was the voice of the 1950 pennant-winning Phillies who uh, lost to the Yankees in four straight uh, in the 1950 World Series. But the Zink was fantastic so entertaining i thought that he added a lot to the games and the atmosphere uh if i could contribute one-tenth what the zinc did i i would like to think that i'm helping out in some small way uh and i did uh, i don't know if you would have heard this because i don't think national tv carried it but when we had first balls the other night and we had 
Ford champions throwing out the first balls, you know, Bernie Perrant and uh, Mike Schmidt. It it was just uh, uh, tremendous. And uh, Julius Irving was uh, one of the people throwing out a first ball. And and you had a front row seat to it. You, you, you're standing. You're, for people who don't know, I was at that yeah. game, and, and you're standing right there, and you get to announce these yeah. legends of the game. Well, uh, Jeff, what I wanted to add is that uh, you know you're probably too young to remember, but I'll bet your dad or or grandfather certainly would have appreciated. But um, when I introduced Dr. J, I gave him one of my Dave Zinkoff impressions. And now throwing in a first ball, Dr. J. Julius Irving. I'm not too young. <laughs> J- Jason may be, but I also remember Zinkoff, Zinkoff's call of Moses Malone. It was, <laughs> they're oh. legendary. You know, the best. Dan, you forgive me for not mentioning Jason before. Oh, it's no problem. I just hang out with Jeff. He does everything. It's really no big deal. <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, you're somebody who always puts the attention on other people, whether you're announcing their names or being out in the community, the special relationship we have with fans. You got a bunch of recognition of your own this year for Alumni Weekend. You got a bronze microphone, uh, signed jersey with the number 50, signed by all the 22 players and the Wall of Fame players. What did it mean to you to get that recognition from the organization that you've dedicated so much of your life to? Well, they first of all, they didn't have to do anything for me. I mean, they do enough for me by just allowing me the privilege to announce these games. What a great honor it is and how much enjoyment. And by the way, I, I made that night three weeks out of another surgery. I've had a couple, I've had two dozen surgeries uh, in the last two years since a squamous cell carcinoma of five and a half centimeters was removed from my right cheek below my eye uh, in August of 2020. And, um, um, yeah, the, the Phillies wanted to recognize me and, uh, they would have done it on August the 5th, as it turned out, and that was the date uh, that they were so kind as to have this recognition. Uh, they were also willing to wait until September if, uh, if I didn't feel that I had sufficiently recovered from my surgery. But, but since they were so gracious as to try to have it Wall of Fame weekend when a lot of my heroes were in, of course, Steve Carlton and Mike Schmidt and Bobby Abreu and Greg Luzinski and oh man, it's just so Charlie Manuel, Larry Boa, uh, that you know, to have a chance to announce their names again and to see the crowd respond, and of course they love it. They love seeing these great Phillies come back. The Phillies have a wonderful tradition. Uh, as of course does the Eagles and you know the Sixers and the Flyers. We are so lucky in Philadelphia. By the way, I root for all the colleges. You know, as you know, I did Big Five basketball on TV and radio for 21 years, and I was executive director uh, for 15 years. And then I worked at Drexel uh, 
with uh, doing the play-by-play on the Drexel broadcast and uh, marketing, some marketing as well. And uh, what an honor uh, to, and you know, announce uh, our six Division One schools: the South Penn, Saint Joe, Temple, and Villanova, out of the Big Five, and Drexel. Uh, I, I just feel privileged, uh, you know, to be doing these things and, and and so grateful for this opportunity. Well, Dan, we wish you continued health with the recovery. We can't wait to keep hearing your voice down at the ballpark and hope the Phillies can do some good things back in Houston. Thank you for always being willing to give us some time on the show. And, Dan, we hope, we truly hope that you will be announcing a parade. That would be awesome. Soon. From your lips... Jeff and Jason to God's ears. (laughs) Go Phillies! Thank you so much, Dan. You have a great one. Thanks, Jeff and Jason. Jeff, you know that I get giddy every time I hear him say my name. Yeah. Like, I just, it's like... The little kid in that's going to be like, your next ringtone from from your, is there anything more like egocentric <laughs> than having somebody who says your name on repeat as your ringtone yeah. i mean i deal with it my wife might judge me but that she judges me for other things the, the, so it's okay yeah but the thing the thing about having people like dan on, on is legend he, like he dan is on. he's the, you know we talk about sports for you know for our nighttime living and and it's He's the soundtrack of of so many generations. We're not just my kids' generation, soon to be you know your kids' generation. Yeah. You as a kid, it, it, there's so many a half century of if you've been to a Phillies game. The, the it's a lot of voice. bad baseball to watch no, but, for the but, Phillies. But he's he's never had a bad. He's day. never lost and, his enthusiasm. And and, and the thing I is, love that we we think about it as fans. But when we talk to players, like we've talked to Greg, we had when we talked to Greg. Remember, we did it on Zoom, and and the look on his face of joy, as if this was like his dad announcing him at a game, is they all remember it too. It is it's a part, fabric of their lives, and that's that's Dan, that's Dave Zinkoff, that's all of these guys that we've talked to, uh, who have been announcers both on TV and radio and in arenas and in stadiums and it's it's almost a lost art and it it will be a shame when if we don't have people like him as part of the sport and, for a and long look, long time. how lucky are we as a show that we've had dan baker and lou nolan and these guys that are the voices of these franchises mm-hmm. we've had tom mccarthy on the show we i mean J.P. Delacamera. How lucky are we that we get these voices that narrate the soundtrack to the thing that makes us so happy or so sad in life? Mm -hmm. Like, how many people get happy just hearing Dan Baker do introductions? Well, nobody ever... See, the the other beauty of the the happy-sad thing is, is when it comes to Dan, nobody's ever sad because Dan's the announcer who starts the game. He's the guy who announces that we're going to do... The, the national anthem to the United States of America and belts it out. He's the guy at the beginning of the game that is announcing the players as they come up with their walk-up music. Yeah. So it's uh, he's always like the, the highlight of the beginning of the show. Yeah. If it goes downhill, it's not Dan. It's not Dan's fault. Right. Let's talk about what we've seen down at the ballpark the last few nights. You were there for game three. Mm-hmm. That 
was a madhouse that registered I, look, I, like I, an earthquake. I was not at 2000. I mean, I wasn't at uh, 1980 or 83. Or, I was alive then. I, I saw them, <laughs> but I was not there for no, them Jeff, before you're too you young. take that shot. How excited were you for him to, to, to say I'm say too young? You were too young yes, for anything. I, yes, I was I beaming. saw the smile yes. on your face. It's like, ooh, he thinks I'm young. Somebody he, thinks I'm young. Maybe he'll card yes. me tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But I was there in 2008 for both Game 4 and both parts of Game 5. And Game 5, especially the second part where it picks up and with three innings to go, three-plus innings to go, and it's electric. But there was something about now Tuesday night because Monday night I got there and nothing happened. That's right. You did go paid for into the rain and paid right. for parking and food. Yeah, but, yeah. but there was something about the before the game started and the way the crowd acted that I had never experienced before at a baseball game. I mean, I college football games are a different experience. Dan compared it to Eagles crowds. Right. Uh, but the, you could feel the stadium shaking. I don't ever You could see it on the camera at home. Yeah. And, and, and the way that it started off was, like, if this would have been a script, nobody would have bought it. The, the guy who can't field makes a diving catch on the first play of the game. The, the next play is an out. So there's two outs. He also with can't the, hit, by the way. Yeah, I know. He still can't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the bottom of the inning, and just every, Bryce Harper, the brightest star on the brightest stage, gets up to the plate and swings, and it just goes. And then the Phillies decide they're going to set you know, tie the record for most home runs in a World Series game. It, just everything about that night, unfortunately – the, they ran out of gas. You know, you may be too night. young to remember, but I'm too old for this stress and anxiety of watching games like this late into the night. How am I At supposed to? At least you didn't use the phrase I thought you were going to use, and then we were going to bleep you. When no, you said, I'm too I, old for no, this. I was bleep. good. I've I've been bleep. Yeah. I've been bleep before mm. on the show. That's okay. Uh, I I just how, how are you supposed to go to sleep after watching a game like that last night? Like I couldn't shut my brain off, and you know, the last two games were excruciating. There were so many. Okay, the the no hitter. There weren't nearly as many opportunities. Yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing. Like, there that was, was no just suspense. They were that. dominated yeah. that night. There were so many opportunities last night. They left twelve runners on base. They struck out twelve times. Some of them, it's like take a pitch. Well, Alec Bowman. Dan Castellanos up. doesn't know how to take a pitch. Nick Castellanos. I'm yeah, glad yeah, to hear yeah. somebody else can mess oh, up the, names. Yeah, the just other like ones me. from the Simpsons. Sorry. Yeah, I, but so no, and he did at the end of the game in the last two at bats. He mm-hmm. actually took a pitch, and I was shocked. I was texting with a friend. I was like, "Oh my god, he took a pitch!" Mm-hmm. Like you could bet on the fact that he is going to swing at first pitch. He actually had better at bats towards the end of the game, but he has struggled mightily. What, what were the results of his better at bats? Flyouts, lineouts, nothing. Yeah, I mean, he battled. That's... Uh, I, at the beginning of the game, he came up to the plate, and they told the story about the reason that he signed with the Phillies was because he wanted to be in the big moment and deliver. Well, he was there. He he can't deliver. I, I, don't, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know how long it takes people to figure out what, what the, the, curse weakness, of the weakness is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> the weaknesses of hitters. But is there anybody... On the planet that doesn't know that Castellanos can't hit a ball that's low? I've he texted can't. you this before. I don't know why you would pitch to Schwarber and Harper at all, given the way that uh, Reese Hoskins and Castellanos have, have hit in this series. And I understand that Rob Thompson likes the one, Hoskins four, at least and, has a home run. one four, and seven in the lineup being lefties. Mm-hmm. 
But this is not how I would construct the lineup at all. If you're going to leave Schwarber at one, I think you got to have Segura or Stott more at two, Harper at three, you know, Real Muto at four. So there's protection for Harper, and then you can figure out what you do Dem- after that. Dombrowski, like that, but yeah, Dombrowski deserves a lot of credit for putting this this team together the way that he has. But there are, there are some things that you shake your head and and I guess there was nothing they could do about it, but you need you need another hitter and you know, you have Trey Turner and you have Carlos Correa who are out there. Now remember in the fairness, taking, they and they have no pitching they, beyond the the starting three. They did think that Bryce Harper would be playing in the field and so they'd be able to rotate a DH. His yeah, elbow but Cassianos injury. was still going to play every day. No, he would be a DH occasionally. He wouldn't be the every no, day. He would play every day. Yeah, you weren't going to sign a hundred. He well, signed a hundred million dollar contract. Well, he hasn't lived up to it with the bat at all. And right. like, there's plenty of time to get into what changes you make next season. Mm-hmm. Heading into Game Six tomorrow night in Houston, they've won in Houston, but Zach Wheeler has looked tired, thrown a lot of innings, had some fatigue in the arm. His velocity is down. You got to hope that he can do what Verlander did. Yesterday, how you many times hope is, he's got one more, one more in the tank? How many people season. are going to lose it on social media with Framber Valdez rubbing his hands and making? I, I don't, I don't. Stuff. Know. That that doesn't look that the, the Astros have already cheated in this World Series, right? Multiple times. For, forget forget Framber Valdez, Martin Maldonado used an illegal bat. Nothing to worry about no there, Jeff. Nothing to see mm-hmm. there. Any thoughts before we say goodbye, Jeff? I do hope there's a parade. I hope that actually, I hope there's two parades. I do too. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains, and the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825 repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work.